Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. there. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is a cook-along podcast, Quick Bite. When I'm considering desserts, I find myself often thinking about gooey things and cakey things and pie things, kind of fancy, really uber-rich kinds of decadent desserts. I happen to like them, but I forget that some of the best desserts can be some of the most simple ones. When I was a kid, maybe once or twice a year, my mother would make baked apples. And she used a recipe from Betty Crocker, of course, at the time, that was the thing to do. That one or Better Homes and Gardens, I think was the other one. And it was always a real treat. I don't know why she didn't make them more often. I know she doesn't really eat apples. And this is crazy, but I don't really eat apples just fresh either. And I think to myself that that's often foolish because I like them when I have a bite. It's just, I don't know, they don't jump out at me when I'm looking for something to eat. But I do like them in pies. I like them in tarts. I like them in crumbles and apple crisp and apple cobbler. Those things I really like. Now, clearly those are both cooked and have a fair share of decadent pastry with them. Baked apples kind of falls in the little better for you, less decadent category. And yet they are such a treat. They are so... um satisfying. I guess that's the word. While this can be thought of traditionally as an autumn dessert, it's really wonderful all year round. In the middle of the winter, if you can just go to the store and get an apple, because we are lucky that way in this country to be able to just get apples whenever, you can make it in the middle of January or February when it's really cold outside. And I think it'll taste even better. When my mother made them, Only every once in a while would she get them the way she wanted them, which was to have the sugar and butter in the apples develop into something kind of thick and syrupy, kind of like maple syrup and sometimes even as thick as corn syrup. And she never knew how it happened or why it happened. And I don't either. I'm not going to pretend that I know the science to make that happen because otherwise I would be doing it. 
And if you're listening to this and have a way to do it and know that it always comes out kind of thick and gooey, I would love to hear about it. If you would contact me at Cindy at the cookalongpodcast.com, I'd be thrilled. But meanwhile, I want to tell you that until a couple of days ago, I haven't baked apples in probably 25 or 30 years, I bet because I forget about them. And like I said, when I'm thinking about dessert, that isn't the direction my mind goes. So a couple of days ago, I pulled out my Betty Crocker recipe, and I was thinking about my mother's wish to have things be thicker and richer in the syrup. And so I started scouting around online. I did not find that. But I did find a lovely recipe made by Trisha Yearwood on the Food Network, that I decided to try to meld with my Betty Crocker recipe. Baked apples were a treat. And if you've never had one, I can try to describe them. They're a whole apple and their skin is kind of shriveled and not necessarily attractive unless you know how much your mouth is going to enjoy eating it. They are shrunken and they have golden sauce slash syrup in the middle of them and around the outside of them that you spoon over the top. I like to have them with half and half or heavy cream poured into the bowl around them so that that mixes with this sort of brown sugar butter sauce. And it was always a special day when my mother made those. And one of the cool things about them is that they're just as good cold as they are warm, which means, in my book at least, that they're fair game for breakfast. I think it's an appropriate breakfast food. Fruit, cinnamon, cream, you could be having those things in a lot of different ways, but this is maybe a little better one because it includes this fruit. The reason I'm doing this as a quick bite and not as a recipe is because it is so simple and it takes so few ingredients that to do it as a full podcast would just be silly. We'd be done in no time and have nothing to really learn from the experience. So I'm just going to tell you how to do this. And I hope you will try it. And I'm going to give it to you as a recipe per apple. Because when I made it the other night, I only made one. My partner doesn't care for them. And I do. Part of the reason I haven't made them for so long is because I don't want to just make myself a dessert and not have something to share. But you know, there comes a time when if you like something and somebody else doesn't, you just do it anyway. And that's where I got to the other day. The ingredients are simple. You need whole apples. And the best ones for this are probably Rome apples, Rome Beauty, I think they're called. I haven't been able to find those this year. Wine saps are also good if you can find those. Again, these are not things you're likely to find in the grocery store, though. If you're looking for something in the grocery store, you might look for a Honeycrisp or a Granny Smith. Those are going to be tart, which is kind of wonderful when combined with the other things that go in the recipe. I like them not super tart. Granny Smith is a little further than I like to go. But see what you can find in sort of the middle tart ground. And then get one for each person you're serving to. Unless you want some for breakfast the next day, in which case you need a couple of extras. Your do-ahead is this. You need to preheat your oven to 375. While it's preheating, 
you're going to do two things. And one of them is obnoxious, but not terrible. You need to core the apples. But if you can do it without cutting all the way through to the bottom, you'll be happier with yourself. A melon baller can be used to scoop at the center until you get all the seeds and that sort of crispy, hard inside part that holds the seeds. You want all of that out of there. I, the other day, used a grapefruit spoon, which has serrated edges, and it took me a while because it doesn't actually scoop very well. It cuts into things pretty well, but it doesn't really scoop, but I was able to use it to scrape the area out that I needed and then kind of scoop it out with a regular spoon. Once all the seeds and that crispy center stuff is out, you want to either take about an inch of skin off all the way around the middle, or you want to peel the top third or so of the apple so that the bottom still has the skin on it. And either way, what you're doing is keeping the apple from splitting as it cooks. It's kind of like poking a baked potato before you bake it so that it doesn't explode in the oven. This is the same thing. It will keep the expanding apple flesh from splitting the skin. So I hope you can picture that. You're either taking off a band all the way around the outside or you're taking off the top third or so of the skin. You just need to give the apple a little room to expand. Now, in a small bowl, for each apple, you're going to put a tablespoon of softened butter. There's another do-ahead. You want your butter out early enough that it'll soften up a little bit. Two tablespoons of brown sugar. That's packed, of course, because that's the way we always measure that. A quarter of a teaspoon of cinnamon. And this is optional, but I highly recommend it. This is one place that the Food Network recipe differed significantly from Betty Crocker. A tablespoon of chopped toasted pecans. And those can be finely chopped, which I like better, or they could be chunkier pieces. I think that the finely chopped allows more nut bites with each bite of apple. Now, I never would have tolerated that when I was a kid. Nuts were verboten. No nuts. Didn't like them in my brownies. Didn't like them in my fudge. Didn't like them in uh, in anything at all. I didn't want nuts. But I'm a grown-up now, and I do sometimes like nuts. I used toasted pecans that were already chopped. I got them at Trader Joe's. That is the easiest way to do it. They come in a bag that you can throw in your freezer for whenever you need chopped toasted pecans. And I think the fact that they were toasted gave them a little extra flavor, but you don't have to have them toasted. You can toast them, of course, if you want, just quickly on a stovetop in a dry pan. Just be sure you watch them really carefully so they don't burn. You're going to mix all that in that small bowl until you have a sort of a paste. And then you're going to stuff the core of your apple with that paste. Now, remember, what I gave you is the amount per apple. So you're going to have to multiply that filling by the number of apples that you actually are baking. Once it's all mushed together, this also is different, by the way, from the Betty Crocker. She just has you fill each apple with the sugar and the butter and, and the cinnamon and not worry about mixing it together. The reason I'm recommending mixing it together is because if you use the nuts, it distributes them more evenly in your filling, which is nice to not have just nuts on top. If you're not doing the nuts, you don't need to work that hard if you don't want to. 
Betty Crocker also says you can use granulated or brown sugar. I'm going to really disagree with her on that. I think it needs to be brown sugar, although sometimes I wondered if it was the granulated sugar that made it kind of thicken up. I never figured that out. So you've got this sort of butter, brown sugar, or cinnamon nut paste, and you're stuffing it into the apple as far as it will go. You will probably have more filling than the apple will hold, in which case, just press that filling down as tight as it'll go, and then pile what you have left on top and sort of pat that down tightly as well so that it doesn't just all fall off. And then you're going to put it in a baking dish. I usually use a a porcelain thing or a Pyrex thing, but I don't see why you couldn't use a metal one if that's what you have. You need one that's the right size for the number of apples you have and just set your apples upright in that pan and then put into the bottom of the pan enough water to be a quarter of an inch deep all the way around. So the apples are all sitting in a quarter of an inch in water and then all you got to do is bake them. You take that pan and you put it in your preheated oven And then every once in a while, you might want to set a timer so you don't forget if you're watching TV while they bake or something. Every maybe 10 minutes or so, open the oven door, take a spoon, and scoop the syrup from the bottom. You probably don't have to do this in the first 10 minutes because there won't be any syrup yet. But by the time you get to, say, 20 minutes or so, you're going to spoon that syrup up and over the top of the apple so that the top of the apple doesn't dry out and so that that cinnamon gets distributed evenly over the top. Your baking time is going to vary significantly by type of apple. If you're using an apple that dissolves really quickly, uh, well, you shouldn't. Don't do that because it'll just be applesauce and mush by the time you take it out of the oven. Something like a gala apple is soft enough that it will probably cook in maybe 30 minutes, 30 to 40. If you're using a harder apple, like a Honeycrisp or a Granny Smith, it could take up to 60 minutes for that apple to bake. And how do you know it's done? You take a fork, and one of the times when you reach in to spoon the sauce over, you stick the fork into the apple. And if it just slides in like it would into the kind of apple you have in an apple pie that's baked, then your apple is ready. And then you take it out and let it cool a little bit, at least. You don't want to serve them piping hot. They can be warm, they can be room temperature, or they can be refrigerated cold, but not piping hot. You lose some of the flavor that way. And when you serve it, put it in a bowl and spoon some of the sauce over it and around it. And then, like I said, in the bottom, pour a little cream. And that can be whatever kind of cream you like, but something cold to contrast with the heat or to complement the cold that you're having it from the refrigerator. And neutral and rich. And then you just eat it with a spoon. You may find if you refrigerate it and have it cold in the morning that the sauce has thickened up a little bit, which is always a nice thing, of course. Whatever time of day you decide to eat this, you're going to find that it is comforting and cozy. I don't know what it is about a baked apple, but I really think it's not just the fact that it was a special treat on cold nights when I was growing up. I really think it's 
just a thing about the flavors. The baked apple flavor, the cinnamon, the brown sugar, even the butter. Those are all things that make us feel safe and tucked in, if you will, in a kind of homey, cozy way. So it's an easy dessert that you can put together when you have very few things in the house. If you regularly have apples in your house, you will have everything in your house that you need already because you can leave out those nuts. It's not a big deal. I just thought they were really lovely, but your kids may not want to eat them that way. And I guess the other thing about this recipe is that if you're making several, it's okay to make some with nuts and some without nuts, and then everybody's happy. The message I guess I want to leave you with is remember baked apples. They can even be an elegant company dessert. It's not something we have very often, most of us, and it therefore becomes a special treat. You can find pictures of my most recent baked apple with the nuts on the cookalongpodcast.com. And if you have a baked apple recipe that differs, I would love to know about it. Like I said, everything I found was pretty much the same. Some people added a little nutmeg or a little cloves or a little cardamom. I added a little cardamom this last time and I didn't mention that to you because I decided it was a mistake. I didn't really want that flavor mixed in with my warm cinnamon. But if you do something significantly different that makes something worth sharing, I would love to have you contact me. Please reach out. You can do so by email, cindy at the cookalongpodcast.com or on Facebook. Let me know what you do and I can add it to the bottom of the webpage under additional notes. So those of you listening, if you want to check and see if I've heard anything from anybody about other ways to make a classic baked apple or maybe a nouveau baked apple, you will find them on the website. I hope you enjoy your baked treat. I look forward to hearing from you. New recipes on Saturdays every week. And until next time, happy cooking. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Ko-fi. KO-FI.com slash the Cook Along Podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.